The views and opinions of those who talk and appear on the AK Swish podcast are their own. Listener's discretion is advised. This is the AK Swish Podcast. Oh yeah! What's up guys? Welcome. Episode number 14 of the AK Swish Podcast. Going to be a little bit different version of the podcast for this week. Only going to have one episode, this episode 14. And I am flying solo per se. Uh, We'll find out later on in the episode if Andrew decides to chime in on his picks. Could not make it to the recordings this week. He had some uh, some work issues come about, so I wish him well. Hope to talk to him next week and kind of get some of his reaction to some of the big things that happened over this past week and what's going to happen in this coming week. Of course, the NBA draft coming this Thursday. I'm going to have my 30 picks for you guys, my official mock draft. Uh, I will post that as well on our Facebook and Twitter pages to get your comments, your concerns, your questions, all that good stuff. And, you know, of course, uh, hopefully – uh, at some point, we can get Andrew's picks in there too. I'd love to to get his uh, his projections out there. And then, obviously, uh, next come next Monday, we'll be talking about uh, about the draft and how it went, and really, you know, how things uh, are shaping up for all the teams who they picked. Were there any trades that went through the draft? Is the way it stands now going to stand pad? And with that, we can kind of move into again two of my topics again. So, how this show is going to work is we are going to still have a lead. We're going to I uh, have a topic or two, and then we're going to go into uh, the uh, the mock draft towards the end. And, of course, before things are all said and done, I will get into one thing bothering me for this week. And let me tell you something. I think it's going to be something that is on the minds of a lot of people. And I think some people may just be too jaded or too afraid to say it. So I'm going to be the one to do so. That's all coming up in this episode of the AK Swish podcast, of course, on the Anchor app as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast. Make sure to tune in and listen to us. We go back now for a couple months. We've been going about nice, hard, strong. Got some mini shows too with the interviews from different talents, different people from Northeast Ohio and beyond. And of course, now this being episode number 14, there's 13 other ones. So go back, listen to some of our old content. And of course, new stuff always on the way. You can follow us on Facebook. Just type into that search bar, AK Swish Podcast, or you can follow us on the Twitter page at AK Swish Pod. I forget Andrew's Twitter handle, so I apologize if I uh, maybe later on in the show I can plug his Twitter if you want to follow him too. He's always got good stuff going on there uh, when he posts. And, of course, uh, you can hit us up, like I said, on the Facebook page. That's where we get the most traffic. want to appreciate you guys. We're getting close to 100 followers, so keep looking, keep liking, keep telling your friends to get on board uh, the AK Swish train. So let's talk about this first topic, and I think you'd be wrong not to. Uh, the L.A. Lakers have traded for Anthony Davis. The big news coming down this past Saturday, getting the Lakers acquiring New Orleans Pelicans forward Anthony Davis for Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and three first-round picks, including the uh, the this coming up number four overall pick in the 2019 NBA draft. Tell you what, I mean, me and Andrew have joked around about, of course, the, uh, the Boston uh, Brooklyn trade where like you know you guys remember that trade where Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and those guys went to to Brooklyn for basically that one season and they had a decent run and that was it and now Boston has Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and you know they had they ended up turning the the uh the, the Colin the Colin Sexton pick into Kyrie Irving so talk about steals talk about short and long term I will say this though there's a difference now between a mid 20 year old Anthony Davis and a aging Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. So I think the Lakers got themselves a really, really good uh, pickup here. I mean, anytime you can trade for a, you know, for a guy that's possibly when healthy, one of the top, you know, three, four, five players in the league. You know, and LeBron too. This is big for him. He gets that another star to play with. This may be the best player 
LeBron James has ever played with. And you, you talk about some of those guys he's managed to share the court with on his side, of course, excluding the All-Star game and, and the Olympics. You talk about guys like Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love. You know, he's going to be going into some uh, some new territory now with someone who some people think, when healthy, may be better than him. I'm not saying that's the case, but, you know, you never know. I mean, he's that good. Anthony Davis is someone that, you know, I've been waiting for years and years now. And unfortunately, this past season was kind of a, a situation where I predicted, I predicted Anthony Davis to be in the top three in MVP voting. I thought this was going to be a year where, hey, DeMarcus Cousins is gone. It's you and Drew Holiday now. You know, back in that saddle again, go for it. Why not get your 30 points per game? See if you can maybe shoot New Orleans in back into the playoffs, maybe a sneak in in a seven or eight spot. And you see what happens. But unfortunately, you know, things did not work out. Davis got hurt. Things got crazy in the front office. A lot of backlash, a lot of anger, a lot of upsetness, a demanding of a trade. And I'll tell you what, man, if there's one person that probably is, I would say the, uh, you know, I call Greg Popovich the magician of NBA coaches for what he's able to do with guys you may have never heard of before. Tell me if you knew who Manu, Manu Ginobili was before he was picked up by San Antonio. That's neither here nor there. But David Griffin is quite possibly maybe one of the best GMs going in today's day and age. Look at the stuff he's done. Even when, even like even when he's back when he was the Cavaliers, when he was here in Cleveland, he had an unbelievable run with the Cavs. Of course, it capped off with that 2016 championship. But think about the Kyrie Irving, Tristan Thompson draft. It's it's still mind-boggling to me. I could be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure. I'm going to look this up really quick for you guys, too, because I want to make sure I have my facts right as to when David Griffin was actually GM of the Cavs, for which years... Because I'll tell you what, he has hit a niche right now, and it, it has been unbelievable to watch. I mean, David Griffin has found a stride in New Orleans. There was some talk about maybe Anthony Davis would would you know come back to earth and say, "No, I don't want to be traded." You know, I think they they were at that point where it was beyond a shadow of a doubt where Anthony Davis was gone. Like he he made it clear, and I think it was always clear that Rich Paul, who may not be the most powerful agent in all of the NBA. He may not have the most clients per se, but I think he probably does have the most clout and power. And that could be all thanks to LeBron too. You know, you just it's it's so impressive. It really is. What what Anthony Davis was able to pull off by saying, kind of pulling a Kawhi effect. I'm not gonna play. And then who knows what he was telling David Griffin now. You know, I'm sure David wanted to keep him at first. You know, you don't want to lose someone like Anthony Davis, especially when you have the number one pick in the draft and we all know that's probably going to be Zion Williamson. I mean, that's a hell of a pairing. If you can convince Anthony Davis to play the five, or even if you get maybe Zion to, to move to the three full-time, that's that's a hell of a group right there. And you throw in Drew Holiday, and that's a, that's a threesome that many people would be you know, very interested in watching. Of course, there are some other threesomes that many people are interested in watching, but we're not going to talk about those. Those are That's a different type of podcast, and that's not what we're about here. Uh, but no, I mean, David Griffin, you know, we're looking at his time as an executive – you know, of course, coming from the Phoenix Suns, you know, in 2010, that's when Griffin came on and was uh, vice president of basketball operations for the Cavs. Uh, in 2014, he was named GM. That was after Chris Grant. So Chris Grant was on hand when the Cavaliers got the first and fourth picks in the draft in 2011 after LeBron James left. That was a year of turmoil. Of course, everyone remembers that season in 2010, 2011. Yikes. And uh, but But guess who was right there with him? Executive VP of Basketball Operations was David Griffin. In what was essentially his first offseason with the Cavaliers, he gets the first and fourth pick. They turn into Kyrie Irving and Tristan Thompson. Those two players end up being building blocks for the Cavaliers' championship run in 2016. Kyrie Irving now possibly one of the biggest stars in the NBA. Now look at David Griffin. He's in his, He's in the exact same spot with New Orleans. The first and the fourth overall pick in this draft. And like in that draft, there was a clear-cut number one. Now, granted, I was a little bit on the fence against Kyrie Irving. I thought Derek Williams was going to be something special, and I was dead wrong about that. But he's in a, such a similar spot. 
He's going to draft Zion number one. And again, I'll get to my full mock draft later, but I think we can kind of, you know, take the suspense out of that one. I think we all know who's going number one in the draft now, especially because Anthony Davis is not there. It's going to be Zion, and he's going to be there for a while. And now with the number four pick, man, there's a lot of different things that this team could do. You talk about a name being you know, floated around out there is Bradley Beal. Would a trade with that fourth pick and maybe you throw Drew Holiday in? Is that enough to land Bradley Beal? Then you're looking at a backcourt of Lonzo Ball and Bradley Beal in a front court as as it stands now. I don't I don't know what Julius Randle's gonna do, but I think people projecting Julius Randle to be on this team are a little bit getting ahead of themselves because though he is a free agent, a restricted free agent, I don't know if you know New Orleans is gonna match that contract. Maybe if they don't get enough other free agents, there's a possibility, but and also depends on what Julius Randle commands on the free market because you know, that that was a he had a hell of a season this past year for New Orleans, and I think me and Andrew talked about that in the last podcast. But honestly, the front court then Zion, Jaleel Okafor at the center, Brandon Ingram at the three. If he can get his, I don't know, the blood clots or the blood disorder, whatever it is, hopefully he gets that sorted out and he stays on the court. It's not a bad team. And the pressure on that team and the pressure on Zion may be heightened because it's Bradley Beal now and they made another trade, but but at the end of the day, you're, are you really expecting that team to, to win a championship in the first year or two? No. And that's okay. That's good. It gives them time to learn. You know, something Andrew always says is that you know, you have to have that championship experience. Well, at some point, you have to build a team and they have to try and get into the playoffs first. And this is a chance. Now, they could just stand pat and keep Drew Holiday, and I think that's a fine move, too. And they could draft fourth. And there's going to be plenty of options there at four for guys that could probably be good role players, if not probably solid starters for your team for years to come. This draft has some good players deeper in the draft, too. So this is not going to be... One of those, hey, if you don't have those top three picks, now granted there is a fall off, of course, from the top three, but hey man, number four ain't that bad. And New Orleans is a shot now to make a lot of things happen. And let's look at it from the Lakers' point of view. The Lakers have their two stars. Now the big question is because apparently New Orleans has said, and I guess the league has confirmed that the trade will be finalized on July 6th. So the Lakers will not have $32 million in cap space. They're going to have, I think it's like 23 or something or something along those lines. I don't know. What can you do now? Who can you shoot for now in free agency? Do you go for someone like Kemba Walker? Can you afford that? How do you fill out the team? Do, do you try and sign a couple of smaller guys, like a Danny Green, you know, to try and fill out your roster? The Lakers right now at point guard are a little bit of a, do you bring back Rondo? Does he run the show at point? I don't think that's going to work with LeBron because pure point guards with LeBron James don't really seem to work out too well. I.e., look at his time in Miami. Name, name one point guard that really stood out for you there. But I mean, it was Mario Chalmers and it was Norris Cole. Neither one of those guys are going to be lighting it up with 10 assists a game. Those pure point guards don't really work too well with LeBron. He needs the ball in his hands to make plays. That's why Kemba Walker is a good fit. Is Kyrie Irving in play? You know, a lot of people are sold on him going to Brooklyn, but who knows? It's going to be very interesting. In the free agency now with Kevin Durant being hurt and pretty much out for the year, all of next season, and Clay Thompson, even if he does have a miraculous comeback, won't be back, I would imagine, until probably April or May of next year. It's going to be interesting. And again, I can't wait for next week. Next Sunday, of course, we're going to do our recording for 
NBA free agency because the following Sunday is going to be June 30th. And let me tell you some people, I mean, it, things are going to start flying out the door. I got a feeling it's going to be a lot like last this last offseason when it started. A lot of deals are going to be done at midnight. You know, so we're going to do our, our predictions a week ahead of time because we don't want to make predictions. And then as soon as I put out the podcast the following Monday, everything's wrong. <laughs> Let's get a week to see if we can actually maybe, I don't know, be uh, be right and kind of follow up with it. You know, who knows? But again, just my two cents. As far as who won this trade, I think that's yet to be seen. And I'm sure if you ask the Nets at the time of that trade with Boston, when they made those moves... Way back when, then I have to tell you, hey, I think it's going to be worth it. We're giving up a lot. We're giving up a real lot. But this core won a championship. We think that if we bring these guys here, we add them with the pieces we have, we have a shot. Didn't work. And from Boston's side, has it really worked for them either? They have a good young core, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I can't wait to watch next season. It's going to be fun just because there's going to be a lot more parity in the NBA, and it's because of the injuries to Golden State. Even if Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson both re-sign with the Warriors, they're not going to be available for a while. So I would imagine now Houston stays put. I'd imagine a lot of teams stand pat, try to add what they can, and try to fire on all cylinders because next year may be the window. Because if those two re-sign with Golden State in 2020-2021, they're coming for blood. That team may be better than a 73-win team if, if they choose to be that year. Bold prediction, but I think a fair prediction. Good trade, though, really. I mean, for both sides, LeBron gets his star, gets the best player he might have ever played with, and the Pelicans get some good young players, and they get future picks that could really matter, and, and a pick this year that could turn into another all-star or it could be another guy that could build this team to a young contender for years and years and years to come. All right. That was good. I think the first segment without Andrew went pretty well. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with myself. So when we come back here on the AK Swish podcast, we got to talk about the Raptors, right? They won the freaking championship. Toronto, Canada, first time ever. How about that? We'll talk Raptors next here on the AK Swish podcast back after this. Welcome back to the AK Switch Podcast here on the Anchor app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcast. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Appreciate the ideas and stuff you've brought up, too. And there's going to be some topics we talk about next week that I cannot wait to talk about. And again, Andrew will be back with me. Just Kyle Cornell today, flying solo. And again, I appreciate you guys listening. And I know it's a little bit different with only one voice, but again, uh, trying to be as entertaining as I possibly can for you. So thank you for tuning in. Let's talk about this now. How about Toronto? How about the Raptors? You know what? Say what you will about the circumstances of injuries or whatnot. I mean, you still got to win. At the end of the day, you got to beat a team that has that quote-unquote championship DNA. And Toronto pulled it off. Super impressive. Really was. And... My what's bothering me is going to come up about this later too, so I'll make the I'll make the this segment kind of brief, and then we'll get into the mock draft. I'll split that up and explain that in a second how I'm going to do it uh, on the show here. But man, just an incredible run from a team that was a shot away from not even being in the Eastern Conference Finals. Think about that shot from Kawhi Leonard against Philadelphia. It could have been Philly and Milwaukee, and then who knows who makes the finals. And if the same thing happens, we could be talking about Milwaukee winning the NBA championship. We could be talking about Philadelphia. How about that? A couple years, they win a football and a basketball championship. That could have happened. 
But there was one difference. There was one big difference. And his name was Kawhi Leonard. You know, we talked about it last week too on the on episode uh, 13 and I think episode 12 as well. I mean, Kawhi Leonard is a difference maker, man. How smart were the Raptors to trade for that guy? Seriously, how smart were they? I mean, even in the last game, he, he didn't lead the team in scoring. He didn't light it up. He looked gassed. But you know what? That's what happens when you play offense and defense for an entire game. You're supposed to be tired. And it's the NBA Finals. Listen, Clay Thompson in that game was, in game six, was firing on all cylinders. And again, I feel bad for Clay. He's my favorite warrior, which isn't saying much, but it is. I mean, he's the one guy that I really uh, grew to like because he's he's been the background guy, especially over the last, what, two, three seasons with Kevin Durant being there. This guy has been in, in, you know, in the weeds, kind of just laying there. People forget how talented Clay Thompson is, and he showed it in game six. 30 points in, what was it, 31, 32 minutes? Lord knows if he plays that fourth quarter, because you know he's playing the entire fourth quarter. Maybe you get a breather at the start for a minute, but that guy's going in, and he's playing. So impressive, man. So, so, so impressive. You just, you can't deny what he was able to do and again super unfortunate even for KD for again I don't I don't like the guy you know I, I don't agree with a lot of the things that he's done in his career and in the paths and the routes he's taken and what he's done the social media and the lashing out at reporters and you know the beef with Russell Westbrook and all that stuff I, I didn't like any of that but you never want someone to get hurt and, and quite frankly I have a I like to call it a beautiful hate for Golden State. I wanted them to lose this series, but I wanted everyone to be healthy. I wanted it to burn a little bit more. Like, I wanted Kevin Durant to come back in game two or three and, and play the rest of the series. I wanted Clay Thompson to be 100% from his hamstring. Like, I wanted these guys to be at full strength when Toronto beat them. Did it happen? In a way, yes, they beat them, but they were not full strength. And that's... It's a tough pill to swallow for some people, but I think the majority of people I've talked to, and even if you guys want to chime in, uh, it'll be one of the polls I post on the Facebook page following this episode. You know, just uh, were you satisfied with this finals? Are you happy Toronto is the NBA champions? Canada. Ow! Canada. My goodness. Making the Vancouver Grizzlies jealous. No, but I mean, seriously, it's it's something you, you didn't really think was going to happen. You go back to the beginning of the season, there was talk if Kawhi even wanted to be there. You know, it's it's cold. It's, you know, it's dreary. It's Toronto. It's in a different country. He's not in the warm, sunny L.A. where he wanted to be. You know, this is, this is the anti-Anthony Davis outcome. Anthony Davis held out pretty much the, the last half of the season. He missed a bunch of games. He told him where he wanted to go. He demanded a trade. He had a year in his contract. He got what he wanted. Kawhi Leonard did not get what he wanted. Kawhi Leonard wanted to be in L.A. That's where he wanted to go. And the Spurs and the magician known as Greg Popovich said no. We're not going to cater to where you want to go. We're going to send you where we get the best return and Listen, DeMar DeRozan's going to be fine. San Antonio is going to be okay. They're going to be a playoff team. Are they going to win anytime soon? I think it depends on what Deontay Murray does when he comes back. Remember, he tore his ACL last year, and he should be back, but I would hope in time for the beginning of, beginning of this season. And really, that's the guy that can make a big difference for you. But they're they're probably not going to be that that scary team that was like threatening LeBron's reign, you know, that kind of thing. You know, it's 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 just not going to happen. 
Toronto, if they get a hand, if they get their hands in Kawhi Leonard for more than a one and one, I mean, this team. Wow. I mean, they they deserve a, a round of applause from that. I mean, you convinced this guy to stay, and I think that that's that's unbelievable. This guy went to San Diego State. He wants to be in L.A. He wants to be in California. It's where he became a man, if you want to even put it to that point. And you convince him to stay in Canada. Of all, listen, I've been to Canada. Granted, it was Niagara Falls, but still. And it's not necessarily, you know, dreary. It's one of the high spots of Canada. But still. Beautiful country. Beautiful scenery. Cold as all hell, though. <laughs> wow. Just, it's... If you would have told me at the beginning of these playoffs that Toronto would be Golden State and do it fairly handily, even when Clay Thompson was playing. People forget for pretty much, I'd say, out of the six games, probably five and a half games of those six games, Toronto beat the living hell out of Golden State. Like, they just looked like the better team, and that was with Clay Thompson on the court for the majority of that time. Save a quarter or two in, in a couple of those games. Other than that, I think, what, uh, the uh, the third quarter of Game 2 and then maybe Clay Thompson's run in, in Game 6, Golden State did not match up very well at all with this team. They just didn't look, they didn't look good. And I'll tell you this, that's what happens when you, you, you model your team around someone and he gets hurt. Golden State prided themselves, especially in that 73-win season. Ball movement, sharing of the ball. Steph throwing up 30 points a game because why not? Clay on all NBA teams, Draymond doing his thing. You had Kevin Durant, and listen, you're never going to say no to a top three player in the world. <laughs> if he's going to come to your team, you're going to op- you're going to open up your arms and say, "That's fine." You're going to give him a big bear hug and try not to let him go. But at the same point, look at the LeBron effect. The Lakers. You build your team around one player, and if he gets hurt. I wish I had a toilet flush sound effect because your season goes down the drain. No matter how talented or matter no matter what kind of championship DNA you have, it's not going to work out. Look at the Cavs. Here in Cleveland, they're on a full-fledged rebuild, even with an all-star on their team right now in Kevin Love. That's what kind of effect those kind of players have on your team. And if they go out, you're in deep trouble. But listen, at the end of the day, it's a congratulations to Toronto. I'm happy Golden State finally lost the series. I'm not happy they got hurt. I wish they were healthy and got defeated. But at the end of the day, a win is a win is a win. Toronto are the defending NBA champions and... Now they have to shift their focus. It's going to be heavy on Kawhi Leonard. It's going to be really hard to win a championship and leave a team. As possibly right now, as it stands, as it stands right now, health-wise too, possibly the best player in the league. Kawhi Leonard. How do you leave that team? You beat a team that won three out of four championships and you beat them pretty damn handily. Even when Durant was in the game, you were only down five. And he was hitting everything. They showed it in the regular season. They beat Golden State twice. One time at Golden State without Kawhi Leonard. And Durant was playing. Durant scored 50 in the game in Toronto during the regular season. They still beat Golden State. Listen, man, all I'm saying, all I'm saying is if you're Kawhi Leonard, man, 
and you want to go to, say, the Clippers, which I think could be the only team right now, maybe, maybe the Lakers, because of Anthony Davis being there. I don't think Kawhi wants to play with LeBron. I think he wouldn't mind playing with Anthony Davis because he's younger. And I think that they can kind of learn from each other as far as how to manage injuries because they both have had that experience now of that quote-unquote load management. Even LeBron could take some notes too. But, man, you better make sure you're making the right decision, Kawhi. Because if you're going to leave that Toronto team, got to have it all together, man. Got to have it all together. All right, when we come back, it's that moment you've been waiting for. Again, my official, this is it. There's only 1.0. We did a we did like a kind of a, a lottery thing earlier on, a couple episodes back, a couple weeks back, whatever. This is my official 2019 NBA mock draft. I'll explain how I'm going to break it up next here on the AK Swish Podcast. Make sure you stay with us back after this. You're listening to the AK Swish Podcast on the Anchor app and wherever you listen to podcasts. Can you feel it? Mock draft time here on the AK Swish Podcast. Missed that bell, by the way. Didn't get a chance to use it the past two episodes. All right. So this is how it's going to work, people. We're going to do it like this. I'm going to give my lottery picks first. So we're going to go through 1 through 14. We'll take a break. We'll breathe for a second. We'll come back. I'll finish off the first round. No second round mock. Sorry, I'm not that in-depth. I hate to be that kind of person, but, you know, uh, I'm only going to go first round. So deal with it. And, of course, if you want to see my picks later on at some point, whatever the case may be, you, of course, can go to our Facebook and our Twitter page. I'll make sure I post pictures of them. I have it out on a, on a, on a piece of paper. How it's the setup is I have the name of the team, I have the name of the player, and then I have a couple notes about the player. So... Some of it's funny, some of it's true, some of it's just, you know, for entertainment purposes. So please, when it's all said and done, you can go to our Facebook page at the AK Swish Podcast on Facebook. Type that in the search bar. You can go search on Twitter at AK Swish Pod. Check out what you think. You know, do you agree with my mock? Do you disagree? Where do you think I should do better? Where do you think these players should go? Please give me your feedback. I'd love to hear from you guys. And then I'd love to tell you that you're wrong and I'm right come next week when the when the draft's over and we can kind of react to where all the picks were. So, that being said, let's get into the official Kyle Cornell, a.k.a. Swish Podcast, 2019 NBA Mock Draft. We're not going to say that every single time, but why not? With the first pick, the New Orleans Pelicans select, of course, Zion Williamson out of Duke. I think that's kind of a, a foregone conclusion out of this point. I, I don't think that you're going to see anyone anyone else be as polarizing in their moments leading up. Like, if this kid plays summer league, watch out. <laughs> Which, I mean, it's it's usually custom, uh, you know, for for some rookies to take part in the team's summer league. And sometimes it's G League players. Sometimes it's you know guys trying to make the team, whatever the case may be. But I don't think Zion's got to worry about making the team. But still... I mean, you guys know he's going number one. I mean, especially now with Anthony Davis being gone out of New Orleans. It's 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 going to be Zion Williamson. He's going to have a great young core around him, whether they trade that fourth pick or keep it, whatever the case may be. That team is going to be talented. Are they going to be a, an NBA championship-level team right away? Probably not, but still impressive. Zion Williamson, number one. Number two, the Memphis Grizzlies. John Morant. Andrew made a point. Uh, back when we did our, our kind of like our mock lottery per se, or our mock first round, whatever it was, that uh, he thought Jaw can go number one. Obviously, that's out the window. Uh, Morant's going to go to Memphis. Look out for a Mike Conley trade at some point. Maybe uh, if they wanted to sneak it in before the draft and try and get another draft pick. Who knows? 
with a team that needs a point guard, maybe like, I don't know, Phoenix, maybe like the Bulls. Are they willing to trade their draft pick and maybe a player or two for Mike Conley? Who knows? I digress. John Morant, Murray State, number two. Number three, the New York Knicks. Man, do I feel sorry for this guy, R.J. Barrett. I'll tell you why. Because right now, as it stands, the Knicks are pretty much shit out of luck. I think we talked about this in the last episode, too, in episode 13 of the AK Switch podcast. Please, when you're done listening to this one, go back and listen to that one. It was great. A lot of different topics, one of which was free agency. It was the Battle of New York, per se, between the Knicks and the Nets, both clearing out cap space, both making moves. The Knicks right now look like they're about to just crap out zero at this point. They're trying to roll a seven. Looks like they might roll a three. And that three is going to be R.J. Barrett. And R.J. Barrett is going to go to the New York Knicks. And he may be going alone. Kevin Durant may stay in Golden State. Kevin Durant may say, I'd rather go to Brooklyn. Kevin Durant may say, maybe now the Lakers are more appealing with LeBron and Anthony Davis. The key being, and Anthony Davis. Who knows? All I know is I feel bad for R.J. Barrett. He's going number three. Number four, the New Orleans Pelicans, who may or may not keep this pick, but I'm going to go. This draft is not based off trades. This is off where I think the players are going to go at certain picks. So no matter who's at four, barring some, again, whatever team that trades there, like if Washington decided to move foot four by making that trade, whatever the case may be, that's a different story. But still, number four, DeAndre Hunter out of Virginia. I call him the old man river of the draft class. He's like 21, (laughs) which is not that old. He's still four years younger than me now, but still. I told Andrew, I'll say it again. He reminds me of a skinny Anthony Davis, Anthony Bennett, I should say, not Anthony Davis. Sorry, I got Anthony Davis on the brain. Anthony Bennett. Scary. Number five, Cleveland Cavaliers. This pick could also be traded at some point if the Cavs decide to move on uh, out of this draft. Maybe they move back, try to get another pick or two. Atlanta's been rumored to be one of those teams that the Cavs trade five for, what would it be, I believe, 10 and 17. I don't know. It depends on what Atlanta wants. But for the sake of the Cavaliers being there, I say Jarrett Culver out of Texas Tech. I originally had Cam Reddish at this spot, but I feel like now Jared Culver has got the eye of John Beeline. Coachable, maybe the best two-guard in the draft class. I consider R.J. Barrett a three, so that's why I'm saying that. You know, And this dude wasn't a top 300 recruit when he came out of high school in 2017. Now he's going to be a, probably a lottery pick, if not a top five pick in the NBA draft. So how about that? A good two-guard, has the ability to shoot, has the ability to defend, could look good next to Colin Sexton. Let's see what happens. Number six, Phoenix Suns. Kobe White out of North Carolina. Now, this was tough because this was a toss-up early, and I, you'll see in my notes, too, between him and uh, Darius Garland of Vanderbilt. I think they're probably going to go, either one can go six or seven here, depending on what the Bulls and Suns need. But the Suns here in the spot, they love having Devin Booker. I think you, the scoring dynamic of having Booker and a 6'5", Kobe White, coming off an unbelievable season for North Carolina. You know, the all-time winning scorer in high school basketball in North Carolina State history. This guy can fill it up like no one else. He's quick. He can, he can pass the ball extremely well. Defense will come, hopefully. He's got the length and the size. Then again, we said the same thing about Kyrie Irving, so who knows? But I think Kobe White has it here, number six. Number seven, Bulls, Darius Garland, Vanderbilt, coming off that knee injury. It's going to be a bit of a pause for some teams, but I still think that Darius Garland is uh, someone to look out for. He's being compared to Damian Lillard. How about that comparison? That's one of my favorite players in the game today, so look out for Darius Garland. Number eight, this is where Cam Reddish goes to the Atlanta Hawks. Cam Reddish out of Duke. He is my sleeper in the draft overall, and I compare this guy, and it could be unfair to Cam, but I say he's my Kawhi Leonard of this draft. Honestly. Just saying. 
You can disagree with me if you want. I think that his upside on offense, too, is his length on defense. He he willingly, every guy that played for Duke this past season willingly played defense. R.J. Barrett did. Zion did. So did Cam Reddish. Underrated defender. Really good defender. Possibly could be ended up being a great defender. Could be on an all-defensive team at some point in his career. And that offense, man, if that shot comes around, this is this is one of those guys that could be an all-star type talent. So Cam Reddish, 8 to Atlanta. Number nine, Washington. Here we go. You're going to get a couple names in this in this draft that I'm just not going to be able to pronounce, and this is one of them. Siku Dumboya. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I still haven't done any research on this guy, but from what I've seen and what I've read briefly, I mean, it seems like he's going to be a good talent. Stretch four, 6'9", 6'10", good length, kind of what the guy, what you know teams are looking for out of their power forward now, a guy that can shoot long, play defense. Should be fine in Washington. Why not? Number 10. The Atlanta Hawks back on the clock. Jackson Hayes, center out of Texas. Atlanta loves taking those big guys, so I figure why not give him here. Jackson Hayes going to the Atlanta Hawks. Number 11, Minnesota. Another steal in this draft. A guy that at one point was projected to be a top three or four, maybe even top five pick. Now he falls to 11. Nasir Little. Going number 11 to the Minnesota Timberwolves. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what they decide to do with Nasir and Andrew Wiggins. They gave Wiggins that max contract a while back. See what they do with the North Carolina kid now. Who knows? Maybe they play two and three. Maybe they trade Andrew Wiggins. Minnesota's in a weird spot. Missing the playoffs this past season. Trading Jimmy Butler. Don't really know what you're doing. I know I don't. Especially in, in Minnesota. I have no idea what the hell they're doing over there. Number 12, Charlotte Hornets on the clock. I say Romeo Langford out of Indiana with the 12th pick. Hurt his hand, affected his shooting this past season in Indiana. You know, had potential to be a top five type talent. I think if he gets right, he gets that hand under control and, you know, keeps it strong. You know, you could be looking at someone that could really fill in. At a, at a high rate and be someone that could really help out this Hornets team shooting the basketball. Number 13, the Miami Heat. Here's another name I can't pronounce. Ru Hashimura. Got one of those guys, small forward out of Gonzaga, by the way. First ever, I think, will be Japanese-American NBA player uh, making the lottery, so congratulations for that. And, and tell you what, I mean... He'll be a good role player on a team that is full of good role players. Rounding out the lottery now, the Boston Celtics, because they had to creep their little asses in there. At number 14, P.J. Washington out of Kentucky. Again, rounding out the lottery, P.J. Washington from the Kentucky Wildcats. One of those guys, again, where it's the fit. Good, solid player. He can fit into a role. He's not going to be selfish with it. I think Brad Stevens likes those guys. So there you go. P.J. Washington at 14. Well, that's our lottery. Hope to get your opinions on what you guys think of that. When we come back, we're going to dive into the rest of the first round. going to be a little bit of a rapid fire. When that's all done, we'll get into one thing bothering me. And, of course, we'll wrap up the show here on the AK Swish Podcast. Rest of my mock draft coming up after this. Stay with us. Welcome back, everyone. AK Swish Podcast here on the Anchor app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast. We're going to dive now in to the rest of my 2019 NBA official mock draft. One point only, oh, only mock draft you're going to get from yours truly. So right back in, now number 15. We went through 1 through 14. We'll kind of recap that really quick. Number 1, Zion Williamson out of Duke. 2, John Morantz going to the Grizzlies. Number three, R.J. Barrett to the Knicks. Number four, DeAndre Hunter to the Pelicans. Number five, 
Jarrett Culver to the to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Number six, Kobe White to the Phoenix Suns. Number seven, Darius Garland to the Chicago Bulls. Number eight, Cam Reddish to the Atlanta Hawks. Number nine, Siko Demboya to the Washington Wizards. Number 10, Jackson Hayes to the Atlanta Hawks. Number 11, Nasir Little to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Number 12, Romeo Langford to the Charlotte Hornets. Number 13, Rue Hashimura to the Miami Heat. And number 14, P.J. Washington to the Boston Celtics. So let's get into 15 through 30. We're 15 Detroit Pistons on the clock. Got Tyler Harrow out of Kentucky. I think it's Harrow. It could be Hero. I think it's Harrow. I'm going to go with Harrow on this one. Kind of reminds me a little bit of a J.J. Redick type player, a good shooter. Has more length and size, though, so it could develop into more of a wing player, more of a, an opportunist. So look out for Tyler Harrow. No matter where he goes in this draft, hopefully I'm right. But still, Detroit could use that. But anyway, number 16, the Magic. Bull Bull out of Oregon. And as a note, just just my the Magic love taking centers. <laughs> so... That's all I got on that. I really don't know why. I mean, I mean, it, he's. I thought if he was going to be healthy this year, Oregon would have made it to the you know Final Four, and he would have been, you know, a, probably a top five to six seven pick. But going to sixteen Orlando, so have fun down there. Maybe he can. I don't know if it's Disneyland or Disney World, whatever the hell is down in Florida. That's one of the two. Have fun down there riding roller coasters, the Harry Potter things up. Go do that. Cool. Number seventeen. The Atlanta Hawks on the clock. Keldon Johnson out of Kentucky. And yes, if you're wondering, three out of the last four picks have been Kentucky Wildcats. I'm trying to get them out of the way quickly. Also just seems to fit, too. Keldon Johnson, good shooter. You know, good role player. Could fit in pretty well there in Atlanta. Number 18, Pacers. This is going to be a good pick for them. He fell this far. Go for it. Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Virginia Tech. Really, really good point guard. Great size, great ability to pass, find the open man. Guy's going to score at a high rate. Could be exactly what Indiana needs. Put him next to a guy like Victor Oladipo, two really good athletes. It's a good backcourt right there. Number 19, San Antonio Spurs. Dear Lord, I cannot pronounce this guy's name. Goga Bidazi. Or Bidazi? Bit a diz. I'm going to get killed if Andrew listens to this. Uh, Anyway, we can put him here, get another overseas guy that's that's a big guy, center, power forward type player that San Antonio turns these guys into gold. Talk about Tiago Splitter. Where the hell is he even at now? But when he played for San Antonio, he was a champion. Number 20, Boston Celtics back on the clock. Why not take a risk? USC's Kevin Porter Jr. Tell you what, this guy hits... You're getting a 20-point-per-game scorer who's going to be really fun to watch. Solid athlete. A lot of potential. A lot of risk. But when you have three picks in the first round, Boston can afford to take one of those. So, sorry, not sorry. Number 21, Oklahoma City Thunder. Can we get Russell Westbrook and Paul George some shooting help? You sure can. Cam Johnson out of North Carolina. Gonna be great. As 45 would say, it's gonna be great. <laughs> but in all honesty, Cam Johnson is a great fit for this team. Kind of fits that two-three mold. Could, could kind of play a little bit of the wing, but more of a two-guard. Loves to shoot. Good shooter. Three and D type guy. They could really use that in Oklahoma City. So Cam Johnson going 21 of the Thunder. Number 22, Celtics, because why the hell not? Let's have another pick. Got Ty Jerome. Got one of those Virginia boys again. Ty Jerome, the 6'5 point guard. Because Boston might be a point guard short after this offseason, so you might need someone to back up Scary Terry. There you go. Ty Jerome. Number 23, the Utah Jazz. This may only be because I love his name, but Admiral Schofield out of Tennessee goes here. But also, again, solid wing player, plenty of experience. One of those guys that could bring some leadership to a team right away, even though he's going to be a rookie. like seeing that. Utah could use one of those guys again. It's it's one of those filler spots, and they, they man, 
could help make a name and could help make a run. Especially in that West now that could be wide open with the, with the Warriors falling apart here. Number 24, Philadelphia 76ers. Bruno Fernando out of Maryland. Center. I don't know what's going on with Boban or Boy or Boan Mananovic, whatever his last name is. I don't know the the seven seven guy that like loses his mind and can dunk while like I don't know picking his nose or whatever. But I'm gonna assume that Fernando goes here because again Philly loves taking centers and guys that don't really fit into their organization. So there you go. Twenty five, Portland Trailblazers. Another steal in the draft because he fell this far. Grant Williams out of Tennessee. Two-time rating defending SEC player of the year. And no, he does not play for Kentucky. He played for Tennessee. Going to be a hell of a player. Really. Talk about a kind of a, a little bit shorter version of like a like a Zach Collins type guy. Can really use that. He's got a, good, got a pretty good jump shot. Good around the rim. Great defender. Good leader. Good locker room guy, something Portland can use too to keep making another run at it. You know, they were in the Western Conference Finals this past year. People forget because they got swept out pretty quick, but they were right there. Number 26, Cavaliers back on the clock. You know, I wanted to go uh, Carson Edwards so bad here. I really did. I really wanted to go Carson Edwards, but I should know better because of the Cavaliers. Brandon Clark, power forward center out of Gonzaga because we love taking undersized fours and fives that can't really shoot, but is a high-energy guy. So Brandon Clark goes here to the Cavaliers at 26. 27, the Nets, KZ, Okpala. Dear Lord, I'm sorry if I'm butchering these names out of Stanford. Again, good size combo guard forward. You know, and if Kyrie comes, another piece he can destroy. Another young guy that he can kind of tutelize. <laughs> if that's even a word, I don't even know. Wow. Number 28, Golden State on the clock. This is a match made in shooting threes, having Carson Edwards going 28 to Golden State. I mean, was there really any other team that he would fit on besides this team? Quinn Cook had a hell of a finals, by the way, and he had a hell of a playoff run, but backing up Steph Curry and playing more minutes, I think they got to be careful because Quinn could get an offer from somebody. Someone's going to be taking a flyer out on, on Quinn Cook, and that could open up a spot for another guard. And Carson Edwards loves pulling those threes, man. And what does Golden State love doing? Shooting 43s a game. All right. Number 29, almost wrapping up here. San Antonio back on the clock. Not really a rhyme or reason for this one, but Villanova's Eric Paschal goes here. And as my note, I say don't question the magician. So take that as you will. And wrapping up the mock draft here at number 30, the Bucks on the clock, Dylan Windler. Out of Beaumont, out of Belmont, I should say. I almost said Beaumont. Wow. Belmont. The 6'7 guard forward out of Belmont. Tell you what, this kid averaged 21 and 10, almost 21 and 11 his last season at Belmont. They got their first tournament win. Give me something special. One of those guys that have a chip on his shoulder. And I'll tell you what, if Chris Middleton's gone, if he leaves, even if Malcolm Brogdon, if uh, Malcolm Brogdon leaves Milwaukee. This kid fits right in. Can shoot. He's long. Can play, honestly, the, the two or the three. Not a bad piece. Not a bad piece at all. And that wraps up my 2019 NBA official one-point-only mock draft. Of course, again, if you want to go on to the Facebook page, AK Swish Podcast, you want to check on our Twitter at AK Swish Pod, I'll have all my picks listed. I took a picture. Now, again, mind you, they're both on just sheets of regular white paper. I have, Like I said, the setup is I have the name of the team, I have the player, and then I have a couple notes on that player. So that's what it's going to look like. First page is 1 through 18. Second page is 19 through 30. If you want to check it out, Please give me your feedback. Like it? Don't like it? Tell me. I want to know. Please. Please? All right. When we come back, one thing bothering me, and we'll wrap up the show here on the AK Switch Podcast. Back after this.
This is the AK Swish Podcast. <clears throat> All right. So I get the honor of getting the only What's Bothering Me for this week. And I'm excited. It's been a long time coming. And I'm glad I get to address this uninhibited. And as much as I love having Andrew next to me, and he is going to be back by next uh, next episode coming up next week. And again, I appreciate you guys' patience without him being here for this episode. And you know, and I know he's he's a busy guy. He's got a lot of stuff going on. He drives in pretty far too from Sandusky every Sunday to record with me. And I appreciate him taking time out and 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 making time for this show and being my co-host. But I'm flying solo this week, and you know what that means? I get to rant about something. By myself. Here we go. Mentioned it earlier in the show. Everyone knows Toronto Raptors are the 2019 NBA champions. If I hear another person tell me, oh, they only won because Golden State was hurt. Oh, Steph Curry had to carry the team. Stop it. Appreciate what Toronto was able to do this season. Act like it was easy for this Toronto team that was mentally dismembered by LeBron James over the past how many years he was in Cleveland. Act like it was easy for the Toronto organization to trade their franchise player, possibly, not anymore, but Possibly, at the time, the best Raptor ever to play in Toronto for a guy that they weren't even sure was going to be just a one-year rental. Was he even going to play this season? What? Act like it was easy for Kyle Lowry to watch his best friend get traded for a hired gun. This team overcame a lot. All the moves they made, trading Jonas Valanciunas, another another staple, another building block for this team, for Marcus Saul, which ended up being, honestly, the best trade they made. It's besides, of course, Kawhi Leonard. Fred Van Vliet stepping up. Danny Green hitting clutch shots, playing defense like he used to in San Antonio. Pascal Siakam coming out of the fucking woodwork to be probably the NBA's most improved player. Don't bring up Golden State being hurt. Don't take that away from this Toronto team. Would this series have been different if Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson, one, did not get hurt at all, and two, were healthy the entirety of the playoffs and the series? Who knows? Probably. But that's not the point. When you make points like that, whether you want to or not, whether you say you're not trying to or not, you're taking away from a team that fought their ass off. Think about what Kyle Lowry has been through the past seven seasons. Losing year after year, getting tastes of playoff runs, getting smacked in the face by LeBron James over and over again. He's not apologizing for this. Think about Danny Green. At one point, a Cleveland Cavalier, the Cavs drafted him, sent away in obscurity to San Antonio, wins a championship there. They ship him off in part of this deal. He's not apologizing for this. Think about Marcus Saul, who dedicated himself to Memphis, of all the teams in the world to dedicate yourself to, the freaking Grizzlies. He's not apologizing for this. It's not Toronto's fault that Golden State couldn't stay healthy. It's not Toronto's fault that Kevin Durant wanted to be the hero 
and fell flat on his face. I don't know who was talking to Kevin about coming back. I don't know who was talking to Kevin about what he should and shouldn't do because of his leg, because of his calf, whatever the case may be. And I've heard people tell me that, oh, well, the calf and the Achilles are connected, but not really, and you couldn't really predict that kind of injury. Let me tell you something. I've got a feeling that that wink-wink calf injury was never a calf injury to begin with. Why was Durant holding his Achilles when he when he originally heard that in the, in the series against Houston? I think it was game five. Why, when Durant was icing his quote-unquote calf, was the ice on his Achilles? I am willing to bet any money that Durant had a micro tear in his Achilles. And he was pressured. Not only by fans, by Twitter, by whatever, because you know he's on it and you know he sees everything. But by the doctors, by his teammates, granted maybe indirectly, like almost it's almost like, hey man, we wish you were here, damn it. We'd be right there. We we beat these guys. We, if you were here, it's that kind of encouragement. It's that kind of making him want to come back when he knows he shouldn't have. And we all know Kevin Durant should not have came back. Plain and simple. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Do not take this away from Toronto. At the end of the day, you still have to go out there and beat someone that won three out of the last four titles and for the majority of the series, granted he wasn't 100% the entire series, I don't think, but he was probably still 80 to 90% of Clay Thompson is better than most players in the league. And they still did it. In six games. In dominating fashion. Dominating. They lost the two games in this series by what was it combined? Like maybe, I think what the one game was 109, 104, 105. Less than 10 points that they lost the two games by. Come on. They are the better team. Even with Kevin Durant out there, they may not be as quote-unquote star talented, but as a quote-unquote team, Toronto was a better team. Now, would talent prevail over team basketball in that sense? Well, there's only so many damn all-stars you can have before you just it's too much. You throw the all-NBA team out there, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's shit. But still, team-wise... Top to bottom. Don't take this away from Toronto. Don't. Because they had a hell of a ride and they earned it. And it bothers me when people use injury as an excuse. You know who couldn't use injury as an excuse? The Cavaliers in 2015. God forbid anyone say LeBron James had to carry that team to six games against Golden State. Right? With no Kevin Love and no Kyrie Irving for the majority of that series. Kyrie got hurt in game one. It's a damn shame. Really is. That some people will want to take away from what Toronto's done. Be it indirectly or directly. Don't do it. They don't deserve that. They deserve better. And as fans of the NBA and fan and me being a fan of the struggle of what goes into a full season, getting a team together and playing as a team and winning as a team, don't do that to them. They are the best team in the NBA. Period. The best team. That's it. And that's it for me. Again, I appreciate you guys. Listening into this episode of the AK Swish podcast. I know it was a bit different. Only myself, no Andrew Andrew Frederick, but he'll be back next week. 
on uh, which will be our what our fifteenth episode of the of the AK Switch podcast. How about that? Fifteen. It's gonna be fun. We should have a parade or something. Uh, of course, again, follow us on our social media platforms. You can go on Facebook. You can follow us. Just type in AK Swish Podcast into that search bar. We're happy to talk to you there. Of course, on Twitter, follow us at AK Swish Pod. I'm going to look up Andrew's Twitter now so I don't get yelled at. I want to make sure I get this right. Okay, so it's at Drew underscore UNC fan Drew. So, so do that. Follow him as well. Good follow. Be fun guy to fun guy to pick on, you know. So why not do it? I mean, I do all the time. You guys here, I pick on them all the time. So it's fun. Anyway, again, I appreciate it. You guys listening, thank you so much. And uh, it's it's going to be a hell of a week, man. I'll tell you what, uh, Thursday night I'll be covering the. Uh, the Cavaliers draft party downtown in Cleveland. Really excited to see who they have, who they, who they actually end up picking. Do they trade the pick? I'm interested to see how this week works out all together. I want to see who keeps their draft picks, who trades what. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun to see who goes where. And uh, we'll be all ready to talk about it next Monday. So thank you guys again. Can't say it enough for listening to the AK Swish podcast here on the Anchor app, Apple, Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts. Shout out to all the different platforms. I think we have nine now that put us out there and get us into your earlobes, your eardrums, or whatever else goes inside your ears. Q-tips, I don't know what you put there, but hopefully it's the sound of my loving voice and the sound of the music potting up and a goodbye here from episode 14 of the AK Switch Podcast. Until next week, guys, stay safe. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. The views and opinions of those who talk and appear on the AK Swish podcast are their own. Listener's discretion is advised.